Thanks for listening to the Voice Church Podcast. We are a new life-giving multi-ethnic church located in Orange County, California. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Tustin. For more information, check out our social media or our website at www.voice.church. And now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, hey, welcome to church, guys. Kids, welcome here. I promise for all the, the kiddos and the younger at heart, uh, the teaching will be shorter uh, today. All right, so that's uh, last thing, if, when I was a kid, last thing I wanted was uh, like, man, preach forever. Just, you know, just an hour and a half, let's pack a lunch. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things is uh, I used to, before we moved out here to California like a decade ago, uh, I used to travel quite a bit and lead mission trips around the world. And a couple of my favorite trips I was thinking about in light of today with all the kids with us is uh, was actually in Kenya outside Nairobi. I know the, the West family has spent a good chunk of time in Kenya as well. Uh, but outside of Nairobi in the villages and then outside of Calcutta uh, in the villages there. And there, there weren't like kids ministries uh, there. The kids were just part of the church. And I remember, uh, it's, I think, outside Calcutta is where these children, for lack of better words, like 9- and 10-year-olds, uh, were carrying their baby siblings. And they would sit out in the front of the church, and they would just sit and be part of the church. And they were just there. It was awesome. And they engaged, and they brought energy, and they are yeah, way more well-behaved than I was as a kid. And it was, uh, it was awesome. It was special. It was really special. And so uh, kids, we're really glad that you're here with us. We're better because you're here with us. Hopefully you're enjoying your snacks. Uh, kids or adults, those are for you. The kids, you know, there's coloring stuff, there's snacks, adults if you need to color. Uh, there's, I mean, you know, so there's coloring stuff for you too. Maybe we'll just have this out every week if you need to, a little distraction. If the speaker goes, you're like, where is the speaker going? And you can just doodle for a little bit or, um, yeah, it's really, it's really special. We can, we, we're going to do this every so often, a few times a year, uh, where we can just have a family service together. I think there's something really cool. Uh, you know, after service, a lot of times the little ones, the toddlers especially, that um, they're running around and jumping on chairs and all that kind of stuff, and they're going to the volunteer area in the back and raiding all the snacks. And uh, a lot of times, the parents are apologetic, and it's like, no, 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 let let them eat, let them run the kind of run around the place, let them ruin the furniture. It's fine. Like we want our kids to grow up loving church, not feeling like uh, it's like a stuffy place that they're not welcome. You know what I mean? This is your house, and so. Uh, glad you're here. Uh, so uh, last week we started a new sermon series called Let Heaven and Nature Sing. Let, he- Let Heaven and Nature Sing. And we're going through a few Christmas carols and talking about some of the deep theology, the deep meaning and significance around these. And so last week we talked about O Come, O Come, Emmanuel and Silent Night. Come my favorite. I'm not going to sing them for you. Uh, but that's a win for everybody. Uh, but uh, they talk about just how important they were. We talk about finding stability, finding peace and significance and meaning uh, being intentional about times to sit in the presence of God. That uh, a lot of times we can hurry through this Christmas season. It's ironic that Jesus, you know, we talk about the fact that Jesus wasn't found in the middle of the hustle and bustle of Bethlehem. He was found outside of town in the sleepy section uh, that was quiet, that was dirty, that was insignificant, but it was the most significant moment in the significant moment happening in history in the most significant place in the world, but it was in the middle of the hustle and bustle that you find God in the middle of those moments. And it's the same thing with us today. I mean, we can, I mean, have you tried to schedule dinner with someone in this season? Have you tried to schedule a Christmas party? More and more, I feel like work Christmas parties are happening like in January and February, right? Because it's one of the craziness ends. It's wild how we can go through this season and it's crazy and we don't leave with peace. 
We leave more hurried and more debt-ridden and more anxious as we leave the season when we celebrate the simplicity of life and God coming to us. And it's, it's really ironic. So stability comes. We take time to create space. We talked about that last week. We talked about the fact, and this is a big idea from last week, is that God wants you to leave this Christmas season with a heart full of peace. Not a, not a heart full of anxiety and, and credit cards full of debt. God wants you to leave with a heart full of peace, resting in Emmanuel, right? So today we're gonna focus on a song uh, that's actually really hard for a lot of us to sing. And we're gonna, we're gonna try that at the end of uh, service. Uh, it's called O Holy Night. Oh, I'm not gonna sing it right now, trust me. Uh, but we're gonna actually give some backstory about why this song is so hard to sing. Uh, it'll make a whole lot of sense. Uh, it's actually, there's three important dates we're gonna talk about in regards to O Holy Night. Uh, 1847, 1855, and 1906. You guys are history uh, buffs. You'll like, oh, yes, give me dates, give me details. The rest of us, there's no test, there's no quiz, all right? 1847, it was started in a small town in France. There was actually a local church, small local uh, parish, that renovated their church organ. It's a true story. That's how it happened. They renovated their church organ, and they wanted to celebrate. So what they did was they, uh, a local priest hired a, uh, an amateur poet in town, uh, a guy by the name of Placide Capot. They asked him to write a song to celebrate this uh, organ being re, uh, refurnished. The problem was Placide was not a, uh, he wasn't a godly man. He didn't really go to church. Uh, he actually was uh, a wine merchant, a.k.a. like a liquor store owner, <laughs> right? Uh, he was, he had one hand, I can't make this up, he had one hand because he lost one hand in a shooting accident. Uh, could have been related to the liquor store. All right, so this is not exactly the guy that you're going, he should write a Christmas song about Jesus, right? But this is uh, the beginning. And he was an, an amateur po uh, poet on the side. It was kind of a side hustle, right? So uh, he read uh, uh, Luke chapter two. Lights are uh, really, we can, you know, set it whatever, you know, high, low, it doesn't matter, you know? It really, just lights do what you want. Uh, someone hacking into our system. They're smart lights, but they don't seem to be smart today. It's not their fault. A lot of times when stuff like this happens, you're like, it's the tech team's fault. It's really not their fault, I don't think. Who knows? Venus is uh, doing turns back there. Okay, so anyways, Placide uh, looked at Luke chapter two, and he imagined what it was like to be at Jesus' birth. And he penned this poem. Does anybody know the name of the poem that started this whole thing? It's called Midnight Christian. Midnight Christian. And this is the first stanza, directly translated from French. Here's what it says. It says, Midnight Christians is a solemn hour when God as man descended onto us to erase the stain of original sin and to end the wrath of his father. The entire world thrills with hope. Recognize that one? On this night that gives it a savior. And so he then, he took this, he, there's three stanzas. Uh, he wrote this poem called Midnight Christians. And then he went to his friend called Adolf Adam, Adolf, strong name, to do the music. Now here's why the song is hard to sing. Adolf wasn't a churchgoer either. He didn't know hymns. He didn't really didn't know the Bible. Uh, he actually wrote music for operas. He was an operatic uh, composer, right? So now you're like, oh, it kind of makes sense, right? So he wrote the music for this song. The first time O Holy Night was sung was at a small church uh, in France on Christmas Eve. And then the problem was uh, everyone loved it. The reason why that was a problem was the religious leaders of the time, all like the bishops and the leaders of that area, they denounced the song. They banned the song. And you know, if you, don't want, if you want anything to get popular, ban it. And it makes everyone want to do it, 
right? So they banned this song. It was like, the, it was really edgy, you know? And uh, they said it in quotes. They said there was a total absence of the spirit of religion in this song. So they said, you're not allowed to sing. Oh, holy night. I mean, come on. So you can't sing this song. So everyone started singing. It spread across Europe. Fast forward uh, less than a decade. There's an American writer and abolitionist, 1855, um, named John Sullivan Dwight. He somehow came across this song, and he was an abolitionist. He was a writer. He was pretty well known. And this, the part that stuck out to him was this part. It says, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Chains he shall break, for the slave is our brother. And in his name all oppression shall cease. Right, so the, to the abolitionists, this is it. He's like, we need to sing this song in America. So he translated all three stanzas over to English, you know, kept the operatic uh, composition. And he felt like it echoed what Paul wrote to the church at Galatia, where he says this, he says, there is no, there no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. That we're one. There's no longer those people or other, and we don't hang out with them. We don't talk to them. We're all the same. We don't have enemies. There's no us and them. There's just us. There's just we, right? And it was published. The song was published in an abolitionist magazine, and it inspired countless people during the Civil War, actually, to, to fight for equality for all men under God. Think about when Jesus in Luke chapter 4 said this about himself when he started his ministry. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He, sent me to, he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be, will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. This is what we do. What's interesting is the longer you spend time in church, the more we can not be about this. This was Jesus' ministry. And then when he left, he said, hey, now this is what you guys do. Follow me. And then Peter would say things like, follow me as I follow Christ. Like this is what we're supposed to do. Bring good news to the poor. Proclaim that captivities are released, right? Free those who are oppressed. This is what we do as a church. And a lot of times this can be morphed to Jesus came so we can sing songs and feel good about ourselves. And that's not what it's about. Fast forward a couple decades, 1906 is the third big verse. This is the one that really put this song on the map. It was a Canadian that did it. Those guys from Canada, oh, Canada, riding on a moose. This is what happened. Uh, a guy named Reginald Fessenden. Reginald Fessenden. Uh, I know you guys all have posters in your house of Reginald. Reggie was a Canadian, uh, Canadian inventor. He was a pioneer of radio broadcasting. He was the first one to ever transmit voice and music over radio. This happened in 1906. The first time it was ever done, you guys know? Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. He read the story. He's like, hey, he's like, I have the mic. You can't stop me. So here's what we're going to do. So he read Luke chapter 2. It's the chapter we'll read on Christmas Eve. It's where every church pretty much reads this passage on Christmas, Luke chapter 2. And then he played his violin as accompanying music, and he sang. I would love to hear that recording. And he sang with no auto-tune, uh, with no backing tracks, but him and his violin. Uh, he sang Oh Holy Night. And it was the first song to ever be played live on radio. Isn't that awesome? So I can't think of a better song for us to sing today at the end of service than one written by individuals that religious, religious leaders had disqualified, inspired people to fight for the equality of all God's children, and intentionally broadcast all around the world to unite people and to unite people to God. See, at Christmas, at Christmas, we remember why Jesus came. My favorite line in the song says, long lay the world 
in sin and error pining, right? We're sitting in this darkness until he appeared. And this is the section, and the soul felt its worth. Man, that's a good line. The soul felt its worth. The world needs a savior. Someone who would provide a way out of the mess. You and I need a savior. Someone to provide a way out of this mess that we are finding ourselves in. So here's a question. Here's a question. Where are you in Jesus? Where are you in Jesus? This is for the kids. This is for us big kids too. Where are you in Jesus? And what would it look like for you to take one step closer to Jesus? If you haven't given your life to God yet, maybe you've kind of danced around the idea or you're like, Taka, here's why I walked away from church or here's why all those Christians and blah, blah, blah. Okay, sure, sure. But what would it look like? I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about you and Jesus. How, what would it look like for you to take one step closer to Jesus? If you haven't surrendered your life to him, maybe today's the day. Your whole team would love to pray with you, to invite you into that journey. Maybe, maybe you've been around church for a long time and you've been to more church things and Christmas services and you have so many Christmas, ugly Christmas sweaters, right? You have so many of these things going on. You've been to more church things than you can count. It's become rote and ritual. You know the things. You know how to stand up, sit down. You know how to say amen to the things. You know how to do all the right things. You're a good person. You can answer the Bible pop quizzes. You know the Bible trivia. You know all the stuff. The problem is your soul hasn't felt the worth in a while right? It's boring. It's been there, done that. Maybe your prayer is, God, would I feel the weight of your presence again? Like you used to. Would it matter to you like it used to? Sometimes I'll pray, God, not that I want to care, because sometimes I don't care. To be quite honest, I don't care about the things I should care about. And my prayer to God is, God, would you help me to want to want to care? Like sometimes that's just where I'm at. You ever been there? Sometimes I'll go through Christmas and I'm like bah humbugs. Like all the stuff I gotta do, it's like the busiest time for the church. And I'm just like, God, I don't care about Christmas like I should, but will you help me to want to want to care? Because that's where I'm at, man, you know? Maybe that's you. And you need to feel the worth of Christmas again. We're gonna end in a little bit by taking communion. Uh, and there's like gluten-free options, you know, depending on where you're at, it's a win for everybody, right? Um, and last week, Natalie uh, went in with the kids uh, and she taught the kids, and some of you guys, the kiddos were there, and taught you guys about communion, right? And Natalie pulled the whole family together, gave us the update, and Sam talked about it in staff, and it was just so cute how they just went in, and they took communion, and some of them were like, can I take it again? You have to ask the diagnostic questions, like, do you want, like, to reflect on Jesus again, or is the juice and the cracker good? You know, like, do you, want, do you need a snack, or do you need more time with Jesus, you know? But you can thank Jesus as many times as you want. It was just such a, a cool moment. For those of us maybe that haven't taken communion in a while, communion is just symbolic uh, of the death of Jesus, the blood and body of Jesus. It's just remembering the sacrifice, remembering the sacrifice. When the sacrifice for us during Christmas season is a reminder that if you've ever felt like you weren't valuable, you ever felt like you were spare parts, you ever felt like other people mattered but you don't because you didn't measure up to this or that or don't have these letters after your name or you made these mistakes or you made some really big mistakes. There's some, some big skeletons in your closet. You're valuable. You're valuable. That God doesn't love you if you do X, Y, Z. God loves you just as you are. That it's impossible for God to love you more. And there's nothing that you could ever do that could make God love you less. Right? So the legalistic people of us, is like, that's really hard to swallow. There's nothing you can do that'll make God love you more. Nothing. There's nothing you can do that'll make God love you less. Just as you are. This is what we remember when we take communion, how awesome God is. So if you ever felt like you weren't valuable, know that Jesus says, I would give up everything for you. 
like Kathy in Brooklyn said. Brooklyn, you did an amazing job, by the way. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having the guts, man. That's courageous. Uh, so yesterday, went to uh, like they were talking. We went to our, our partner orphanage in Tijuana. Again, thank you for everyone that sponsored. You know, one of the volunteers was uh, telling me that she's been there a lot, many times, and she said this is the first time that she knows of that the that the kids were given presents like this, and it was so fun. So what we did is we pulled like you know we sang Happy Birthday to Jesus, and I gave a short little message, and we Venus led us in worship. Kathy led the kids ministry for a time. It was so cool, and then uh, Venus and Stephen Chow led the adult ministry. A guy named Carlos gave us testimony. People were crying. It was, it was just such a beautiful time. Um, but after that, we, we uh, brought four kids up at a time, gave them their presents that you guys bought for them. And you can tell you put a lot of effort and thought into each present because they got exactly what they wanted. And it was awesome to see their faces light up. And they felt so special and loved. And one, I remember one kid, I can't remember his name. I'm sure some of the team does. He it was super into Minecraft. And he got this Minecraft-like stuffed thing. Um, some of you guys are like, that's all I sponsored. He carried that thing around for hours. Like, he just would not let, he's like eating lunch and holding his Minecraft. Thing. Like, he is just like, he just would not let it go. And over, I mean, people are, this one girl, uh, Sophia, uh, she had like this, uh, like, she got pinked out. She was wearing like this dress. Uh, she had like the wand. She had like Barbie. St- I mean, it was, they were on cloud nine. I wish you could see. I wanted to show you pictures, but I'm not able to show you pictures. Uh, because they're children and all that. But if you want to, I'll show you them on my phone. I just can't show them online. So, um, and if you, if you did give a gift, they wrote a letter back to you. They wrote a card back to you. And so uh, the team, make sure you, you get one of those from, from the team. But it was just so, so cool. But one of the last things I told the kids, I want to tell you, because I think it's important for you too. It's important for me too. We, t- we ended with this idea that you ever heard um, that Jesus is the reason for what? The season. Hallmark movie, right? Jesus is the reason for this season. Ah, oh, and it's cute, but it's true, right? It's, the message is true. But I was thinking this week about like, if you were to ask Jesus what the reason for the season is, like, why did he come down? Why did he, Philippians says, he, he emptied himself. He came as a man. Why did he lay down his crown to come? The creation came as a creator. The immortal became mortal and then gave his life. Like the author of life gave his life. Why? Like, what was the reason for him he wasn't the reason for the season. So to Jesus, what was the reason for the season? It's you. Like it's you. I had to sit and just, and just soak in that this week. You are the reason why Jesus came. And again, if you ever felt like you weren't valuable, that you weren't enough, that you just you felt like an imposter, you felt like you had to achieve a little more, if you just got your crap together a little more, that's, a, that's what the Greek is. You just got to get together a little more that, that God would love you and be valuable. No, just as you are. You are the reason. Jesus says in Luke chapter 19, he says, the son of man, talking about himself, the son of man came to find lost people and to save them. He came for you. You know, when we sing, O Holy Night, we'll sing it this way today, I, I'm assuming, is uh, we only really sing verse one and three. There's a verse two. And let me just read you a portion of verse two. It says this, the king of kings lay thus in lowly manger and all our trials born to be our friend. He knows our need to our weakness is no stranger. Behold your king before him lowly bend. Behold your king before him lowly bend. Jesus came to be your friend. Jesus came to be your friend. The king of kings laid down his crown and came as a man and be present 
present with our needs, with our, uh, with our weakness. Again, to Jesus, you are the reason for this evening. So as we take communion, remember the great cost that Jesus paid so we can have a relationship with him. Remember the great value that Jesus places on you. And I feel like I'm supposed to drive that home. I feel like some of us aren't getting it. I feel like some of us are going to leave feeling like down. God, like God thinks he knows all your dirty secrets. He knows where all the skeletons are. He's nuts about it nuts about you. Just let that soak. You are loved. You are valuable. You are priceless just as you are. Every parent that's a halfway decent parent wants to make sure their kids know this, right? When we grow up, we're just big kids. You need to know this too. You are priceless. You are valuable. You are loved just as you are. So, as you take communion today and just reflect on God's love, his kindness, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Let me pray for us. Uh, and then uh, David will lead us in communion here. We can sing O Holy Night. Be awesome. Uh, God, we just thank you. We thank you that you're good. God, I thank you for everything you've done in our, in our lives. Thank you for everything you've done in our little church family. God, I pray for everyone who maybe not be in a relationship with you right now. Maybe their hearts drifted over time because of just life or habits or maybe uh, some hurt or pain or things that were done to them by church. And God, we just, God, we pray, Holy Spirit, would you be there in the middle of all that? Would you draw people to you? Would you help them to see that you are good, that you are in control, that you've never left them? God, I pray that you would help every single person here to to see what you think about them, how much you value them. God, I pray that you would silence the mouth of the enemy, all the lies that he's trying to tell people. God, I pray for peace. I pray for joy. God, I pray for all the little ones in the room right now. God, I pray they grow up to know you, not just know church stuff. I pray they come to know you, that you would change their hearts like only the Spirit of God can them to change the world, to make it a better place, would you capture their hearts Would they understand how deep and how wide and how good you are. We love you, God. We love you. We give this day and every day to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message at Voice Church. We hope it inspired you to live a life more faithfully for Jesus and to be a voice of hope for your community. We'd love for you to join us in person on a Sunday. And until then, we hope you have a beautiful week.